Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick. I got my, my co-host back with me, man. Justin, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Oh, brand new week. We're right back from our two, our two weeks break there. Yeah. Let's get back into it. Yeah, we are. We are rolling once again uh, to the dismay of probably a lot of people out there, man. But you know what? We're, we're like that fungus. We just kind of keep creeping up on you. We're back, man. We're like that wart, you know? Some people are happy to see us, but you know what? We are back nonetheless. But yeah, no, it is great to be back Uh Yes, uh, it is. I, I, you know, it was it was a nice break. You know, coming off of Armed Forces Day uh, 2020, Armed Forces Day three, um, it, it was it was it was great. And you know, our guest tonight was a huge contributor to uh, Armed Forces Day. And you know what, Kevin Jacoby, Six Squared Studios, thank you so much for being back with us, man. Yep, oh, welcome back. Oh, no worries. I'm glad to hear it was a great event. Uh, so happy to actually see someone playing live again. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? It was it was neat because you know, and I don't know this for sure, and I kind of said this on, on on a couple of the rerun shows, you know, leading into them, that I think, as I was told, we were the first tournament outside of uh, COVID to actually play in here in the states. Now I don't know if that's true, and um, but I'm going to keep saying that until somebody proves me wrong. I'll tell you that. I but, haven't seen anything, so I think we were. Yeah, you know what? And and, and and all the. Go ahead. Kevin, sorry. As you learn from the news, as you say it often enough, it's going to be true. So that's the way it works. There you go. There you go. But you want to know something? You know, it, it, it was, again, it was a great cause. And, you know, Kevin, you're yeah. such a huge contributor to it. Thank you so much for everything. And, and uh, from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you so much. Six Squared Studios, awesome, awesome, awesome company, awesome group, great guest. Thank you. Well, thanks, guys. Well, thanks for doing that for your community. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to do it every year. Uh, knock on Knock on wood. Um, all right, so yeah, mm-hmm. folks, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to be getting to uh, back into be talking some about. Um, uh, let me start over. I, I just tongue twisted myself there. Uh, we're going to have a great <laughs> job. show back. Kicking the rust off, man. Kicking the rust off. Um, <laughs> as we're going to be talking about some suggestions on how to pick the right army for Age of Sigmar. You know, obviously, you know, for you, and we're going to be returning back. Uh, uh, you know, to, to to the program tonight to talk a little bit with uh, Kevin Jacoby, too, on some of his thoughts on, um, you know, how to pick an army, have, have some of his wisdom on it. You know, he's an old guy like us. He's been playing for a long time. I mean, I think his first his, I think his first codex, I think the first page was just bang two rocks together. I mean, that's how long Kevin has been playing in this hobby, man. No, um, but, you know, uh, he's also here <laughs> to help us uh, – finally finish out a contest that we had it was a it was a raffle i should i should say at armed forces day three for uh the six squared studio castle that if you remember if you listen to our our july 30th show he did uh he did happen to talk on so again um it's going to be a great show tonight uh folks so absolutely um so uh yeah so to kind of lead in kevin to kind of get back to you here for, for a second i mean 
Uh, Kevin and the gang over at Six Weird Studios uh, for the second year in a row uh, sponsored our, our tournament, uh, Armed Forces Day 3. And uh, I think I think you guys are going to be really surprised at, at what we've garnered for the Montford Point Marines as far as this extra raffle for this castle. I've been seeing pictures of it. Uh, and this is, uh, and if I'm wrong on this, Kevin, correct me in this, but this is kind of like a Six Squared Studios original piece or something like that, right? Am I, am I close to that? Yeah. 100% original piece, uh, fully designed um, uh, by me. Got it set up. Uh, Brad's working some accessories that are going to come out in a couple of weeks. But actually, this show will be the exclusive first look at the final finished piece, which is the tower. Oh, that that is that is so exciting! That is so exciting. And you know what? I did get uh, I did get um, Kevin the names of the, of the people that contributed to the raffle. Uh, again, yeah. this raffle was to support the Montford Point Marines uh, here in Chicago, the Chapter Two. Uh, we support them every year. And uh, he is going, now don't do it yet, Kevin. Don't do it yet. But here later in the show, Kevin is going to pick the winner. And what's going to happen is the winner of the castle from Six Squared Studios is going to have that shipped directly from Six Squared Studios right to yep. your front door so you can put that beautiful baby right in your sweaty palms and start playing. <laughs> yeah. And by pick, he means I'm going to roll a die. Because oh, cool. I'm going to roll a die here for us. Okay. Well, yeah. there you have it. There you have it. And, and you know, so, so folks, stay tuned for later on in the show where the winner is going to be announced uh, from from this show uh, where Six Squared Studios is going to, again, ship the castle directly to the winner. Uh, that's yep. yet to be announced later on tonight's show. Um, but something else for tonight's show, um, in, in the show notes below or later, uh, over on the podcast notes, leave a comment on why Six Squared Studios is the best company to get your terrain from. And, and honestly, and, and the best winner is going to get, we've got a couple of these left over. The best winner is going to get some of these uh, these, these these objective markers and uh, these these uh, these measuring gauges directly from Six Squared Studios. Awesome. Uh, and you know what? You're also going to get some official Grimdark Live dice. And we're yeah. going to be uh, so. But you got to leave that either in the in the show notes of this show here or on the uh, on the podcast notes, whichever one you're listening to. And the best one is that that, that we're going to pick on why Six Squared Studios is the best terrain company ever in the history of terrain companies in the universe. Whoever whoever leaves the best one is gonna is gonna win some additional swag here from uh, from Grimdark, Grimdark Live. So leave that in the comments below. That's why I love your show because you guys are so subtle. <laughs> no, it's 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 all about it's all about modesty here, Kevin. You know. I'm Canadian. I have to apologize now. Please. Wait a minute. You know, I got to tell you this, folks. I got to share one thing. You know, Kevin being being. An, by the way, man, Canada's an awesome place, dude. I, I I although when I was when I was younger, you guys beat the hell out of us every year in hockey, which was you know kind of your thing. But I I got to share something with everybody here. Six Squared Studios. I got to share. I'm sharing your uh, your 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 fact here, Kevin. Okay. Here it is. Right from and, and this is true. I've seen these in Canada. Rhinos are just fat Canadian unicorns. That's that's quite true. Who knew? Mm-hmm. I mean, and we came up with a cure for COVID too. It's actually food cheese, actually baby. Yeah. Right. So here it is. I, so I, I don't know if I want to be charged by a fat unicorn. <laughs> Either way. Well, you know, if, if, Justin, if it if it ever does happen, you may not have a choice in the matter. I just you know kind of want to let you know. No, I probably don't. But still. Right. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so gang, Six Squared Studios is an awesome company. Just, uh, just listen to their motto, honestly. And, and I'm going to see if I get this right here, Kevin. I'm going off memory. Gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Did I get that right? 
Dead on. Dead on. See, see, I'm, I'm, I am the spokesperson. I'm the official spokesperson for Six Squared Studios. I've just yeah. taken that over. I've just hijacked that, Kevin. What do you think? Oh. Oh. Again, more of that modesty. But honestly, guys, Six Squared Studios, the real terrain nerds that, that you're going to need to get your terrain on the table and get it from. Get your commercial laser cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories, 15 to 28 millimeter terrain figures and vehicles. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Oh, thanks, How about guys. that? Absolutely, man. No, honestly, thank you guys so much. So, folks, we are going to be uh, right back here with the uh, with the news and more to come with Kevin from Six Squared Studios. Hey, you Grimdark goons! Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. We are back with the news here on Grimdark Live. We are going to get going. We actually have a lot of stuff uh, to really kind of go through in the news. Uh, surprisingly, oh, yeah. I mean, with with all of the, um, with all this, with all the, uh, I guess I should say, uh, uh, 40k flying around out there, I was kind of losing hope that we were going to get uh, any type of. Uh, uh, fantasy news but you know what we can always rely on the rumor engine which is what we're going to start with right here there we go so we got the rumor engine and this one's kind of interesting to me because um you know uh, this could be age of sigmar underworld vampire or something similar maybe a vampire for war cry but but still interesting to see where this one goes kevin what do you think man what are we looking at here i'm going nosferatu style vampire i think nice because we have that that skull with uh the flames or the smoke coming out of it and you have those kind of emaciated finger talony things yeah it reminds me of the old school uh the vampire sort of thing you know what i i gotta tell you that movie from what 1927 or something like that the original nosferatu movie the silent one yeah you know i gotta tell you i i i mean that movie is still pretty freaking scary. So to so transfer that onto the tabletop, I would love to see that Nosferatu yep. ilk type of, uh, of a vampire. Honestly, that, that would be, I would yeah. love to see get, getting back to that. I mean, Justin, what do you think? Well, when I first looked at it, I thought Necromancer, but uh, because, you know, usually the Necromancers are the ones carrying the skulls. They're the ones yep. casting the spells. The problem that came in afterwards is I noticed the thumbnail that's on that picture and then okay, i'm like the, yeah i can see it there on the top of the skull right so i'm like that that's vampire so right there we have a confirmation that vampires are coming we just don't know when yeah and i gotta tell you that army is going to be is going to be incredible but not 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 to burst both your bubbles because uh but but in looking in this a little bit um and i know that uh uh i'm probably going to get some hate mail on this one but hey you know what you know, it, it it be welcome mail i guess uh, it, it, it looks to me, it looks more like flesh eater and, and, uh, than, than soul blight to me. When, when you brought up the nail, I started to kind of think about that and I kind of went, okay, you know what, if I, if I look at that with the, with the goofy scrawny wrist and all that stuff there and holding the skull the way it does, um, it, it looks soul blight, but you know, as I say that kind of looking at it again, a little bit more, it, it looks like, a 
like a plague bear skull maybe so so i'm i'm going to say that it could possibly and i'm stretching here on this one i'm using my imagination um uh, trying to clear out all the all the, the the beer hops up there from from the from the time off but well the way he's holding that skull you've got the smoke or the plume coming off of where the nasal cavity would be in the side of the eye there yeah. so you're actually blocking a good chunk of the sculpt there but I don't think it's going to be Flesh Eater's Quartz because they've already got their warband for Beast Grave. Maybe, but I'm thinking, I, I thought maybe it looked something Zeech to me, but then again, I don't know. Yeah. Pink Horrors don't really have nails like that, do they? Uh, or, or maybe uh, the demons. Maybe they, they do, maybe they, they don't. They, I don't they, know. They kind of do, but those fingers are too elongated, and there's been too many hits in vampires. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I, I don't know, maybe it's a stretch. I mean, when I first, when I first saw it, I thought vampires, and then my second thought, obviously, was maybe it could be uh, a horror of some sort. Harold uh, is each hand, you know, holding like maybe a plague bearer skull. It looks a bit like uh, the, the one on the 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 skull looks like the one on the you see on the Citadel skull kit when they had those basing kits with all the skulls. I I almost looked at it and thought Night Haunt as well. That's I mean I'm all oh, yeah. because oh. the way the whole thing is designed in that same mannerism of the bony hands and just it it it, it spans so many different armies and genres that it's like okay where does it fit? But again, since everything else has been hinting vampire, I'm I'm gonna just shove it right into that corner. Yeah yeah you know what uh, I th- I think I think. Kevin, Justin, I'm ju- I'm jumping into your wagon, man. I and with with a lot of hope too, because I think that's what the hobby needs. And, and I'm just gonna kind of pontificate here for a second, but mm. I, I think they. Oh boy, they, I, I always stick my foot in my mouth whenever I say something like this, but I gotta say something like this. I think in a way, GW kind of crapped the bed a little bit with the Lumineth Realm Lords release, only getting a third of the armies out there, a third of the army out there, and and I think that that was kind of a. Uh, kind of a kick to the uh, the players a little bit, and I think the and, whole, and the fact that it's delayed until September. Delayed until September. Anything else? Yeah, and yeah. I think I think with the Sons of Behemoth being held off now, they're saying until October. I think yep. that's but the, what we've been talking about it since December. Let, let's all be very clear on that. Right. Um, I think something like vampires coming out, Soul Blight, especially with the whole storyline. I mean, Kevin, you, you know, you and I, I think, briefly talked about this where. Uh, you know the whole the whole you know uh, aggression towards Nagash and wanting to break away and be their own faction and that whole story arc that really goes back to almost sixth edition. Yeah, right. But do you think that if they drop a October early November release of a vampire army before they push the rest of everything else, you think that's going to sit well with the community? Uh, vampire army or on Halloween? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm saying. I think I think. I think a vampire army coming around around Halloween it would 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 fit like a glove. I mean, it... well, no, no, I, I know it would fit like a glove. I mean, no pun intended there. But I'm saying, do you think the community is would be a little upset because now we're pushing back everything else like Beamont and all that other? No, because I, I honestly, the, that's kind of where my point was going. And Kevin, I want to hear what you think about this too because my point was, I think in a way, and I'm assuming this, guys, I'm assuming this. That they've in some way I've seen the community kind of write the Lumineth off a little bit, a little bit. Right. And I've seen them pretty much kind of right off tongue in cheek as kind of a joke, the, Be- the, the Sons of Behemoth. So I think something like this, if they got pushed a little bit, I think it would just be another thing that happened. But I think having vampires come out, I think would circumplant any aggravation the community has, especially in October. I mean, Kevin, what are your thoughts on that? Am I out of, out of line with that? No, I don't think you are in that sort of thing. Like with the Lumineff sort of thing, I, I appreciate them bringing back in uh, the, the light elves sort of thing. But I was really disappointed in the lack that they even have less arm, army choice than Fire Slayers. So that was a bit of a challenge for me. Yeah, I, good I, I point. Like, yes, I like they the do. Aspect to them. 
and I think it's great. And um, the, the sculpts that we do have are fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it, it, it just was really hollow, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to be doing with the Sons of Bayomet. Uh, I love the entire lore behind it about the idea of the Titans and break it down. It's very uh, Greek mythology. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to see how it's done. I'm still trying to get my head around how we're going. We saw the points already, right, from the General's Handbook. Right. We know how an army is going to put together, uh, but how are they going to interact on the table for what we have for scenarios? That's going to be a thing that's going to be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Now, this one here, though, I don't think we're going to see it for, for Halloween. I think this will be our, our big November release, which we only get a big one then, and then we get something in January again. So we're right. trying to get back on track. I think we're going to see something here. And this could be, the way I'm looking at it right now, something that might be attached to uh, Realm of Shadows. Oh, uh, I, I like that. I think we're going to go in yeah. that. It might have something to do with the conjunction to the Dark Elves. I think we might have some sort of merger of those. A lot of people have been putting out there the idea of Dark Elves, vampires, all this stuff being mixed together. Death is fantastic. Like Just reading like the books that from Black Library, there's so many opportunities because it's a patchwork of different uh, concepts of death. Right. So I think so much goes into there. That's actually a really interesting point if you think about it, because with the history behind the the Lumineth Realm Lords, mm. Alakith, and more, uh, all of them, when they they basically freed the souls, yeah, who knows if they were able to actually capture them all? Yeah, you know, so you could have had death sitting somewhere hiding in the in the shadow, no pun intended, mm -hmm. but they could have taken a portion of those souls, which were elven souls, and said, "Hey, rebirth them," and now we're going to have a crossbreed, right? Yeah, I think um, I, I think I think I like the idea of like the vampiric elves and Kevin to kind of you know point back at what you were saying. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is your point on you know mixing them in, and we're going to be talking about the Canaanite shadow walkers and kind of what what looks to be that that introduction. But I, you know what, I I think I think you could be right. I mean, honestly, you know, I you I you know what I'm going to say now, Kevin. I'm going to I'm going to completely piggyback off what you said. I think I think it might be one of those big January releases, because especially if we're going to be getting the rest of Lumineth by September, uh, yeah. Sons of Behemoth in October, they might want to take a breather. But then again, I don't know if they want to want to miss those holiday sales. I, I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Like logistics now are starting to even out again. So getting things to uh, the distributors like in North America and everything like that, I think it's doable again. Uh, but it's just, I'm not, I'm not sure if we are. I think we'll probably get something more towards the, um, more the, the winter holiday season rather sure. than I'd love to see it in October, right. but I, I really think it's going to have some sort of connection because the theme for the themes for elves right now is elves are lacking somewhat. So you have the deep kin in that who have to capture uh, basically soul or the energy in that to bring, to keep them going. We have even like the, the idea of the Lumineth and that sort of thing who kind of uh, are feeding off magic, the winds right. of magic, those sort of thing. So having someone that's going to be feeding off possibly something to do with death, something to do with that macabre feel. I think it works with what they're starting to do for mythology for elves. Sure. I think sure. it could really work that way. Okay. Well, and, like, and like you said, I'm seeing October having more of a different variety than normal because usually we see something about orcs because mm -hmm. we usually have October. Exactly. And yeah. we don't have anything linking to an October this year. Right. So... All right, but that that's that's an interesting concept too. I mean, I was for some reason I always think October in my head is more of a forty k thing, but but maybe that's just me being ignorant. I don't know. But it's it's balanced between both AOS and forty k. Okay. Back in back in the past, I mean, we we had 
we had a, uh, I think it was the Iron Jaws were an October release right. at last year. Right. Last year. And uh, after that, it was um, Yazkill and all that stuff for 40K. Those okay. all came out towards October. So. All right. Well, good stuff. We're going to have to wait and see on that one. But let's, uh, let's let's keep the news rolling here, man. We've got the Warhammer preview that's happening this weekend. And and I'm, I'm really excited to see this thing come back out. I mean, I really have enjoyed these reveals. Uh, and, and this one is especially enticing because there's going to be, uh, or, or I guess because there, there's been a while between the reveals, but here in the Chicago area, I think on Warhammer TV, it's going to be uh, by 7.45 a.m. is when it's going to start. But, Kevin, out by you, it, it's going to be 8.45 still, right, Eastern Standard yeah. Time? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but just off the top of my head, one of the things that I'm hoping for is uh, a Warcry Season 2 box, you know, um, maybe, a, 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 a you know, that, that, that could have um, something to kind of connect back to some of the last Warband releases. I mean, what are you guys hoping, hoping we see for uh, – uh, any, I mean, or or even Age of Sigmar. I mean, um, I, I, as we just talked about the Sons of Behemoth, you know, I'm not sure, but maybe there's a, another campaign book for the Wrath of uh, Everchosen. I'd love to see something like that. Anything to spice the life back into Slaves of Darkness. But I mean, Kevin, what, what are you what are you hoping to see out of the uh, the, the Warhammer reveal that's going to be happening this Saturday? I'm hoping for the moving of the story uh, sort of thing. So we've been doing our soul bound sort of thing going on with uh, the role playing game. Uh, we've had a lot of death-centric sort of pieces going on. I love to see now a video saying, "Okay, this year we're focusing on this story. Let's right. move the story forward again." Because uh, I'm a fluff guy, I like the fluff. I like oh, sure. in the game sort of thing. I, I want to see that. I also want to give some sort of regularity to the thing because this past couple of months, that sort of thing, COVID or whatever aside, it just seems very sporadic, and it's, it's we've not really seen a lot going on for right. for Sigmar. Right. Uh, so I, I just like to see them getting back to the idea of let's let's do the story because I think they they were hitting it out of the park when it came to what they've been doing with the story, but now let's move it on. What's the what's the next big chapter? Because I think the chapters are closed. What's the next book in the series? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think I think that's a great point. I would love to see them move the story on a little bit because um, but I'm also I'm also particularly excited for. Uh, sticking with Warcry, the, the the Shadow Elves or that development there. I mean, Justin, what about you? What 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 else would you like to see uh, come out of this? Uh... Well, story wise, yes, I'd like to see the story move forward because I mean we've we've finished off a, a mass majority of the stories at this point, yeah. and we're kind of stagnant in that area. Um, I think we're going to see the the preview release of the Vampire or maybe even um, an Undead something. Okay. Uh, be it the new Vampire Army that's coming. Or a Warcry unit, something of that matter. But I do think we might get a, a Warcry expansion in there somewhere. Sure. Which would be nice to have because they've been expanding that universe just wholly yeah. and very quickly. Um, I know we, when it comes to like Blood Bowl and things like that, we've got yeah, right. season two that hit and we're going to see this the Snotling team that's going to be hitting the table and all yeah. that kind of thing. But AOS, I'm hoping we see something with Death and the storyline like Kevin said, and I'd actually like them to, you know, come out and say, Hey, these are the hard tack lines as to when we're releasing these models. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I'm looking forward to the fantasy stuff in general. I mean, Warcry, hopefully they're going to give us more info on, on what the next war bands are going to be based on the, 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 the Canaanites. Um, uh, I would hope that that would go in a direction that maybe we can use these war bands to bolster some existing factions, i.e., you know, daughters of Cain in that case. Uh, yeah. But I, I think I think Age of Sigmar, whatever the next faction or, or, or you know filler stuff is, I think 
with the with the with the elves uh, due in September than than the Sons of Behemoth. I think I think this reveal is going to be probably one of the better ones because I, I kind of felt the, the last reveal that happened when was it back in July? Like I think it was yeah. right before. Right, right before after the Fourth of July, uh, I, I think it was uh, kind of a dry release. There wasn't really much there for us, as I seem to recall. But still a good one. But I think this one is going to be kind of the one that I that, that we've all been kind of waiting for. I think. Yeah, well, do you think it's going to be more than once. It's going to be a series again because I assume this is replacing Nola, uh, the reveal that they will have been doing there. Do right. You think it's multiple Saturdays, or because we haven't really been told anything besides this Saturday so far. I'm almost yeah. wondering if this is how they're going to start doing their preview releases instead of throwing it into the White Dwarves, because the White Dwarves have kind of been getting away from doing previews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been getting more into battle reports, painting tutorials, <laughs> testimonials. Yeah. You know, hey, we're we're four gamers building 500 point armies that will eventually expand to 2,000 points. You know, that's that's what most of the 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 white dwarf has become, and they've gotten away from the whole preview side of it. But that's actually yes. what the white dwarf has gotten back to. You know, because back in the day when the White Dwarf uh, was was a, uh, a monthly periodical, and then you had the weekly uh, little right. the smaller book, uh, they 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 did all those things. So it kind of seems like what they're doing is they're kind of homogenizing everything into one magazine now, which I I, I actually kind of like. It was kind of refreshing to kind of yeah. see all that stuff come back around a little bit. I don't mind the monthly version of the uh, no <laughs> of the magazine in, in comparison to having to run to your store every week and pick up a magazine just to, to stay up to date with things. Right. I, I do like what they've done though, especially with some of the scenarios, uh, some of the, uh, the, 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 the updated war bands, you know, the war scrolls in there. I, I do like some of that stuff. That stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. But right. uh, speaking of it, we, we got our last news topic we're going to be getting on, and this is the Canaanite shadow walkers. They are incoming. And, and this one, you know, this was part of the Hammer Hall release that was teased. Uh, this one, I think it was uh, sometime on Tuesday, I believe it was, or Monday. I, I can't remember exactly when. Uh, but this is obviously about the Canaanite Shadow Stalkers. And if I'm going to be honest here, the three models that we know of so far, uh, none really, I guess I'm going to just say this, none really scream Canaanite to me. You know, they, they, they actually scream more like a Dark Elves, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And they certainly have the visual connection with the, um, uh, the, the one shard elf guy and then the, the Saya Mistweaver. Uh, but the daughters so far have, have had a, a substantially different look, especially from what these models here are. I mean, uh, Kevin, you've seen these before. What do you think? Uh, I, I think what I'm hoping is going to happen, because I do play Daughters of Cain, or I have a Daughters of Cain. I haven't played them for a while. Cause right. To be honest, after a while, it just gets kind of boring. There's not many different ways of playing that army. Yeah. I'm hoping that they're going to be sucked into a Dark Elf book uh, or something like that, where they're going to try to embrace and put all these things into a lore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. They don't have the same aesthetic as what we've had uh, been accustomed to with uh, Daughters of Cain, but I see them being complementary to it. It's almost like the uh, male-female yin-yang sort of thing going on. Sure. Sure. You know what? I, and I got, I got a theory here I'm going to share with you. Mm. So, okay. Now, and I'm just going to go off on a limb here. You know, okay. they, they are called Canaanite shadow stalkers rather yep. than daughters of Cain. And I want to kind of throw that out there. They may simply be dedicated to the art of like the silent murder instead of the, the flashy sacrificing hearts in a cauldron kind of a thing that, that, that the daughters are kindly doing. I mean, executioners, let's take those guys for a second here. Executioners, too, they, they don't seem to owe any allegiance to Marathi despite being rumored to worship Cain. So I think, and I'm just going to say this right here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to come out with my little my little idea here. And, and Kevin, you can either you know leave the show or tell me you agree with whatever you want to do. I mean, I, tell me if I'm, I'm on point here. What do you think? 
think. These are okay. clearly a different faction from the daughters, in my in, in my opinion, my thought, my prediction. And there is nothing that indicates, I guess, uh, Marathi has stopped using multiple factions in her schemes. And, and I can see the the, the Shadow Stalkers being. Uh, more of an offshoot from the the main Shadowall faction, or uh, you know, a, a more subtle faction she created to further her you know insidious desires. I guess the best way to put it. I mean, throwing throwing the ball back at you, Kevin. What do you think, man? Way uh, off base there. Not off base, but I think I think it could be something a little more robust there. Why can't it be the building of a pantheon? So why why does it have to be under her? It can't be something that's kind of akin to her. So uh, looking at some of the other options for because we always had all the gods that so the uh, right. except for the different races they were pantheons they weren't just a single god for these for these uh, these groups sure so why couldn't this be some of the things so here's the other offshoot for it so that that's a great way to put it you you know I'm seeing one thing that's kind of been a thread coming up a lot when you had gotrix release you have the sons of behemoth release that's coming uh you have this release coming and we're seeing a big rule set that i think we're gonna see in age of sigmar 3 which is a mercenary setup well and these they, might they, be mercenaries but they, they kind of already had that with the with the with the last general's handbook you had mercenary units you could already put in there kind right. of right well, you have you have mercenaries to a point, but the mercenary units that are in there are name specific. So these are going to be a name specific unit, so I'm thinking they're going to fall into that same category of mercenaries. Maybe it's, you know I, I don't I I mean I maybe that may be a stretch. It's just a personal opinion, but I think we're looking at more of a mercenary setup than we are an actual bleed way into an army. I think I think their function, you know, I think their function could could maybe play into that uh, that's kind of an interesting thought i hadn't really thought about that i mean i'm, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of the story arc right and 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 maybe you know because if, if you look at the three sculpts with the crazy capes they almost look like shadows and you know almost like a right. like, like a like almost like a black waterfall meeting a meeting a dark shadow you know kind of a thing where i think they're going to have ability to pop up on the boards and any other place especially pop up around terrain features you know um uh, I think back in the day, I want to say maybe it was 7th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, uh, the Dark Elves had a character that you could hide in a enemy unit, uh, an assassin, and you could pop them out. I think they might get back to something like that. Uh, mercenaries, maybe, that that that's a good idea, but I, it might be a bit of a stretch. But the, the, the only reason I'm leaning towards that is because they took a lot of the stuff that would have fallen in the Canite section and just completely pushed it into cities of Sigmar. So the assassins are there. The, the you know all all of the dark elf stuff is there, except for a few key units. Well, you know what? Maybe. I mean, Kevin, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you, so, so so you had a good point, but I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on this? You're hearing this. I, I don't think we're disagreeing here. I, I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing a sophistication of the story going on. Because before in the old days is you were Lizardmen, you were High Elves, you were Dark Elves. Right, and right. It's my team, it's your team. So like kids on the playground, sorry. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't really a robust world. It was kind of a template put onto uh, a world map and then made into a fantasy sort of realm. So the way we used to play D&D when we were kids. I think now what we're seeing is... You want you call it mercenary if you'd like. It's the idea of the fluidity of alliances. That okay, you may be uh, a dark elf, and, but you're living in this city here. So the alliances 
uh, weave in and out. We saw that in the general's handbook with that chart. Right. Yeah, right, right. So I think we we're probably going to see the idea of more of a sophistication of the story itself, especially now, too, because they're really pushing the role-playing game is the idea that you want to have it so you have the rich, robust thing. So just because you're uh, an ogre doesn't necessarily mean that you're an ogre that that follows along uh, a straight generic destruction with path. the law tribes right could you that. imagine how awesome this game would be if you could you remember back in the day with the halfling army you could have um, ogres yeah. of the moot yeah or, or how about ogres yeah. with the ogres with the empire army remember those days exactly you know what uh, yeah, uh, what was that? Regiments of Renown, right? Yeah, Regiments exactly, Renown, yep. exactly, exactly. Kevin, you just you just dropped a, a, a boulder of brilliance on this conversation, man. I, I got to tell you, you, you might have hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, but I guess for me, I was looking at the savory point that I wanted to try to think that they were following the story arc, which in a in a in a in a generic blase type way, Marathi is kind of um, lying, kind of BSing all the other elves right now. Yeah, and. I think once they figure out that she's not the real, you know, avatar of, of Cain per se, I think there's going to be a real, and I, I think what these, uh, what these particular, because of the such stern naming in the faction, I mean, they're calling themselves Canaanite shadow stalkers. Uh, I think there might be in my imagination here that maybe some of those dark elves are figuring out that, you know, there, there's something wrong with this chick. You know, she's not quite, her story isn't quite checking out and maybe they're getting a little wise to the old lady that they could be, they could be onto her. That was my, they, that's my they, thought. They could be, they could be a portion forming of a breakaway faction. I mean, that, you know, that just, there's so many ways they could go at this point. Yeah. But I would love what, what, what Kevin, what you just said, if they followed more of that RPG type of type of thing where you could, you yeah. could bring in those, ogres to different armies or you could bring in you know uh nobblers to an elf army that would just make the elf army all the better i think but uh but no honestly yeah that's so so good good stuff man good stuff so what kevin anything else in the news you want to anything going on with six squared studios you want to share with everyone here as part of the news well the big thing is i finally finished off the last bits and pieces for uh our, our base our set for the castle uh things right. have been going strong here uh we have a bunch of projects on the go uh, so, uh, yeah, well, we're hoping to get back into the swing of things. Uh, last couple of weeks, life kind of, uh, uh, knocked the heck out of both myself and Brad. Uh, Brad just had his birthday. Uh, hey, happy last- birthday. Uh, oh, well, beginning of this week, actually. Yeah. So happy birthday, Brad. Uh, we spent the night playing VR and him, uh, they had this new game onward where we play, uh, uh mercenaries. <laughs> Where he's supposed to be shooting at the people in in the scenario, but he insisted on shooting us in the back. So <laughs> we basically got away with it. So as long as he's happy, yeah. but his brother and my brother and I, yeah, we got old for a bit there. But yeah, so six square studios, uh, you'll be seeing a lot. We're working on some new token sets. Uh, they'll be coming out, and uh, the accessories for the castle. We're really excited to see this castle on the table. Oh yeah. And see where see where it goes from there, and uh, we'll show it off later on in the show. Yeah, and you know, and and we are going to definitely uh, whoever wins it, uh, uh, we're going to make sure that that thing uh, gets a, gets a game in, and and uh, we get that thing. Maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll live stream it or something like that. Uh, hopefully, somebody somebody local uh, to the group here wins it so that we can we can do that. But uh, may the best gamer win. But don't give it away yet. We still got a we still got quite a show ahead of us. Uh, but yeah, folks, we are going to be right back here after the next break. We're going to be talking about. Um, how to how to how to pick the best army in uh, in Age of Sigmar for you. So we'll be right back. 
public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. All right, we are back, and we are going to uh, start talking about the... Um, the, the, the best way or some of our recommendations on, on how you can uh, how can you can pick the best Age of Sigmar army uh, for yourself. And, and I think uh, I think between the three of us, well, at least Kevin, I don't know about Justin and I, we're going to fumble through wow. kind of like a kind of like, you know, a couple of couple of, vill- you know, there's there's somewhere there's a village out there that's missing its idiots. And Justin, someday we're going to find our way home. I promise, man. I promise. Um, but but thank God Kevin's here to help I'm us too, out with this I'm one. I'm too far gone. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, I, I suppose. But, you know, when, when people ask, uh, you know, for help on deciding an army, a lot of people are just going to give them that, that off-the-shelf answer to the extent of something like, just pick the army that, that you like the look of. And, and, and that's okay advice, I think, for the most part, but it... it in in the large part, the answer assumes that the people know what they what they like, even uh, know how to how to play or the play style of a different army is right off the right off the bat. And I think that's where you get a lot of disgruntled gamers that end up getting an army, and two months later, it's on eBay, you know, primed, uh, if not completely gray. And and I don't really think that that advice is the best way to uh, to pick an army. I mean, first, you, to me. Uh, and then I'm going to throw it over to you, Kevin, and you, Justin. We'll see what we have to say about this. But first, I think you've got to figure out what different options you actually have. Um, you, know, do, you know, do you know what factions and armies are available in the game of Age of Sigmar? And I'm assuming this is somebody that's coming into the game cold. You've never played it before. Um, you know, uh, what, what armies have battle tomes? That would be something that I would first look at if somebody was going to ask me how to get into it. You know, what armies are, are due for uh, an imminent update to their battle tome and, and released with, uh, say, endless bells or terrain? Because then you at least know that army's got sustainability for a little while for that new person. Uh, what factions might get scrapped in the future? You know, you know, God forbid you don't want to send somebody into a situation where next thing you know they're, uh, they want to play Gitmob Grotz and they're not around anymore or something goofy like that. Um, and, and what factions might get merged in, you know, a bigger battle tome? You know, somebody wants to go and play, say, you know, uh, uh, you know High Elves and, and the army's gone, you know, or something to that effect. I mean, but, but Kevin, I'll throw it back to you. I mean, how, how do you, how, how to pick the best Age of Sigmar army? What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, 
I, I don't try to pick the best. I, I try to do something that I'm going to enjoy. Remember, this is our right. hobby. Yeah, I, I should I should have rephrased that. I meant best for the gamer, best for the person. Yeah, and I'm really lucky. I have a great community up here uh, in Canada. Uh, our our home game store is Max Aggression Gaming, and I'm really proud of a lot of the guys there. That uh, when someone new comes in and is looking at the, the models on the table, people have painted up, and that people really act as ambassadors because they're trying to grow the hobby. They're proud of it. They're excited that, about the hobby that they're playing and are encouraging other people to get into it. So that's, first of all, that enthusiasm really helps. When yeah. I talk to someone that's new that comes in and they say they like the thing or they say, well, what should I play? I ask them, well, what, what games are you playing now? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a miniature game either. Right. It could be video games and that's so, okay. So you play uh, the, the fight, uh, the fighting games like that, like Street Fighter or sure. things like that those things which which characters you gravitate to oh i like this guy because this one does it or i play this martial art, art artist woman i think i like this finesse sort of things okay no worries so if you like that type of thing here's an army that can match up to you sure uh, because again you don't want that square peg in the round hole because when you do see someone chasing right. the meta they're saying oh i have to get this because i i read online that this is the one that's winning all the things this is the broken army yeah yeah. And those are the people that in, in, I think sometimes it's unknowingly, but regardless, maybe it's insidious too. They're the ones that can, can really destroy a community. They can come into that game store and they always seem to target the one new person and they just they beat the hell out of them with that meta army or, you know, or something to that effect. So yeah, that, that can, that can be real toxic. I mean, but you know, to kind of piggyback off that and then Justin, I'm going to pitch the ball to you. I mean, yep. a, a rule of thumb to me, I think if somebody comes up to me, I just recently had this happen at, at our home store, uh, GameStorm Gaming. Uh, but uh, uh, somebody came up and they wanted to get into the game. They, they saw us all there at one of our war meets and we were playing. And, you know, I remember giving them advice saying, you know, the first rule of thumb is only start armies that have a battle tome released after the most current version of Age of Sigmar. And, and you can typically see that because these are going to have endless spells. They're going to have a faction terrain piece, possibly, because you got to You got to understand this is this is an expensive hobby to get into. This isn't cheap. And especially when somebody comes in and, and it's hobby dollars, right? So it's for the most part, it's a it's disposable income. You know, people are, are, you know, going for the most part, they're going to buy into this hobby when they have the money to do so. But that way, I think, uh, you know, getting them into an army that you know is up to date um, and, and the chances of any dramatic changes to the army are relatively low, give or take a FAQ here or there, I think that's going to give that gamer that satisfaction over a long period of time, as well as that immediate gratification of, Hey, I'm finally in the hobby. So, right. It's definitely true. Yeah. What are your thoughts, so, Justin? Well, I mean, I'm the, I, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. When you, when you got that new hobbyist that comes in and they're looking at the two epically clashing armies on a table, rolling dice against each other and things are dying left and right. Right. And they're like, I, Oh, I love that model. I love that model. I love that model. Is there any way you can combine all of them together? Well, that's where, you know, the divide right. kind of gets. Everything's factualized. But if you can get that person into what they enjoy right, and they want to play, and like you said, the book is current. It's got its terrain. It's got its endless spells. It's got all that stuff up to date, you know, minus the FAQs, of course. Or it's right on the cusp mm -hmm. of being updated right. to where they can start picking the units out that they know are battle line or something of that matter and they have people there that are in a group like a community and uh especially our group it, it's a real helpful thing when you can have people who can just say hey i got some extra models why don't you come play see if you like this faction 
or whatever else. And that's, you know, that's one of my big goals is I've always, I've been playing this hobby for a long time. I think I, last time I tell it, I was, I'm on 27 years now. And my, my goal is to have a 2000 point army of every faction. Mm-hmm. That that's my ultimate goal. Right. Yeah. And want to be able to, to start bringing multiple armies with me to war meets and things of that manner to where it's like, if somebody walks out the street and says, Hey, that's really cool. I'd like to learn how to play. I said, well, I got five armies here. Yeah. You, you can bring that along and help them out. I mean, and right. that also helps on the budget side, because if you think about it, and again, I, I know I'm touching on the boring stuff first here, but, but I, I think that's something that has to be recognized, you know, because this is a great hobby and I see people in gaming stores and Kevin, you see it at your home store. Well, we're all there playing and you have people that are either walking by with this, this look of like, I just want to be part of that or this right. look of complete awestruck. And, you know, they, they got to know whether or not they have the budget to do so. And and if, and, if, and, and the first thing I'll say to somebody is if you're tight on cash or, or want to keep your expenses at a minimum, this is going to greatly impact that sort of army that, that, that you should or should not be getting. I mean, cheap horde sure. armies, you know, they tend to be more expensive than others. You know, say a 2,000-point Gloomspite Gets army can, can easily be two times as expensive as, say, a a uh, 2,000 point Ogre Maw Tribe solely Beast Claw Raider army that simply because of cost per model and cost per point is way higher uh, with a with a Gitz army than, than say a Raiders ilk type army. I mean, and again, I know that but that's part of it. You got to, I think, responsibly when somebody comes up and says, hey, Kevin, I want to play, I want to get into this game of Age of Sigmar. I see you here gaming with your buddies every week. You know, what would you recommend? I, I think you'd be remiss as a as somebody trying to bring a new person in the community to not bring up budget i mean it, it, would you say that's kind of fair i mean a thought on that 100 percent, especially depending on the age of the person that's asking the question as well yeah so talking to someone that's uh in high school or in college that sort of thing your answer is probably be different than someone that's popping back in because hey i used to play this when i was a kid i want to get back into it right they have disposable income for uh for what's going on sure Sure. Yeah, it's definitely a factor involved. I, th- I think it's one of those things too where you can. T- what we do here, um, Brad does for our, our uh, game club here, is that each year he runs an escalation league. So what it cool. is, it encourages people to paint, uh, to start a new army, uh, and to go. So it starts at 500 points, and we eventually get up to 2,000 points. Right. And you uh, multiplayer games, tribe and treachery style games, uh, special narrative scenarios, as well as just your one-on-one slobber knocker sort of idea. Sure. Uh, so you get a feel for it. So I always tell people that don't go and spam into anything in particular. First of all, pick what you need. All right. So you want to try uh, whatever that's the orcs. Let's say. All sure. right. So well, pick pick your hero. Pick the hero, whatever you want to build around that, and then we're going to get some units in there. So here's what you need to do for the basics and try building to a thousand point list. Right. Uh, right. Aim towards that. Once you have that, then start adding other units as you go uh, to build up the variety, and eventually you'll have what you need to do two thousand points and do two thousand points regardless of what the next book tells you about it or the next FAQ. Yeah. That's the thing that's disheartening. We had a lot of people go into Slanesh right away, and then all of a sudden, well, they had the FAQ. Then we had another one, and then we had another one. It keeps on beating it down. Yeah, and he's discouraging because it's a lot of money to pick up all those uh, keepers, right? Yeah, you're not kidding. Right. It, it it it's definitely like the monkey peeing in the cash register, man. It just runs into money over time. But I, I think I think the biggest thing is what you were saying is I think that also builds on the fact that gamers need to think about how many different builds and kits are available for the army in addition to all the ancillary things mm-hmm. like the FAQs, like you were saying, Kevin. I mean, yeah. some armies 
have so many options, i.e., like like say Slanesh, for instance, demons, mortals. You know, uh, uh, they they have so many builds and kits that are available for 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 the army. I mean, some armies have have multiple multiple options. Um, and you can build an army to, to fit the different play styles. So I think that you got to find out what is that person's play style. Do they want? Do they want you know a slobber knocker? Are they more tactful? Uh, and yeah. this means that that even when you get uh, you know bored with one version, you can you can just buy a few more units and, and have a totally different play style. So maybe flexibility in an army would be something to help somebody get involved with. I mean, armies are are so locked into a few different options, uh, and, and and miniatures. Uh, that that can only be built in the same way sometimes turn people off you know that's why a lot of people probably aren't going to play ogres for instance um so so yeah that's that's a that's a that's a great point justin did i cut you off man sorry about that oh no you didn't cut me off i mean he's he's got a great point there where you know building up to a 2000 point list event you know on a progression say 500 to 1000 1500 to 2000 whatever you're doing oh sure i i do the same kind of basic concept i build a list at 2000 points i see where it's going to sit I'll buy the models for it up to that point. And then I usually will buy a unit or two that have nothing to do with the list I just built just to have them as a substitute. So say the one game I play, I've got, you know, Herodin's running around and they don't do any good for me. I don't like them. They just, they're, they're not working. So I change over to blade revenants or something of like that for, for you know just shits and giggles kind of thing sure. you know it's sure. always it's always good to have a backup you know when you're when you're on that side and when you do small start small the 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 problem you run with start with when you go small is you're not covering a lot of the bases on a lot of things because you can get one hero well, that can eat can eat that, 500 points that comes later yeah, right now uh, when, when a new person coming in is not about covering all the bases learning the no, mechanics no no no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm just saying if, if when you're if you're saying building a 500 point list mm-hmm. and they're playing slanesh you know you got a 360 60 point character that just hits the table if they buy the big demon because that's what they like mm-hmm. you know sure. so so you're not you're actually not covering the the basic of the of the army build when you have that big demon as your hub right that's true versus versus at that point it's like okay if that's the way they want to go maybe they got to build a thousand point list to start instead of a 500 point you list. know that you just kind of tip me off something on, and again i kind of feel like what i'm doing is i'm kind of i'm kind of we're, we're, we're playing conversation badminton here and i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, we I'm, are. Hit, I'm hitting are. the birdie back over to kevin here because you know justin the point you just made i kind of want to throw this over i mean I think I think that gets into the point that you got to think about what kind of miniatures you like the look of because you you brought up right. the big demon right I mean this might be the most important step I mean if if you're going to paint an army you have to look at each separate model and 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 think you know damn that's cool and pretty much with if it's your army you're only going to be while you're playing it you're looking at it from the backside I mean th- this is going to help you get through those days when you really don't want to paint <laughs> and and those games where you your army just really kind of sucks um it kind of got me thinking about that i mean kevin badminton's back to you man what do you think i mean well, what are your first thoughts? of all figure out whether the person is a hobbyist or not though too because right. okay they're just doing that gray army because yeah. they really don't care hobby right they just want to have things push around roll the dice and and uh play the game a grayback uh, player right 100 percent. so make sure we understand that about the person and there's also certain ones too is you don't want to give them something that's very nuanced and sophisticated because there's different levels of armies too. is the army easy to paint right 
is it easy to paint? Is there a, are there a lot of models? So if the person likes variety, like uh, I'm, I'm one of those ones that I get bored really, really quick. That's why I have, or I, I bounce around from army to army all the time because I like painting, but I don't want to paint 200 of the same thing all at once. So I'll bounce all over the place. Oh, so, yeah. that's my problem. That's my problem. Hey, we're, we, well, we all suffer from gamer ADHD, but you know, Kevin, to, to kind of point what you just said, I mean, big models are high as far as I would say, they're high on the list of things that will make an army easier for anybody to paint and even to play in some cases. I mean, big models yeah. will, will mean that you can have a lower model count in your army, uh, a lower model count uh, will, will make it much easier for you to compete the task at hand. In other words, i.e. learn the mechanics of the game, more like right. training wheels army, as I said earlier, before we got the show going. And and and, right. and, 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 and don't think because an army is so-called, you know, ogre maw tribes that you're going to have nothing but big miniatures to paint. Don't even get me started on painting 300 novelers. It, 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 it was a soul crushing experience. And I mentally, I don't think I've ever recovered, although they are beautiful, by the way. Um, but, but I think you make a great point there, Kevin, you make an excellent point that, yeah, I mean, determine whether or not the person actually, you know, knows the difference between a left-handed and right-handed paintbrush. Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah, there, there there you go. I mean, cause I know I don't, I know I don't. Um, Uh but you know, go ahead. It's in the same notes. It's like, you know, you're, when if either be a hobbyist or just somebody who wants to push gray plastic across the table, you know, they still have to know the basics of the game to, when they're building that, that initial list. And some of the models that are out there, I hate to say it, don't really comprise to the, to the basics of the game. True. They just and don't. The armies too. I think that's one of the things right. is, when I try to help someone figure out their army, I always try to make sure that, especially if they're brand new to the hobby is they get to play in all the phases. Right. right. Make sure that you have something so they get a dabble. That is that, a great point. Might not be amazing at any of the phases, but just there's certain armies that are better suited towards jumping into the game. Sure. Uh, and then there's other ones that are more finesse that it's something later on down the road. Once you start getting uh, your feet under you, you can start choosing, okay, I like this aspect. I like, I'm a magic person or I, I like long range shooty bits or yeah. whatever the case is going to be. Then you can start then getting a little more sophisticated. So one of the best ones is corn. Is corn is, is a great one. It, it now with us because you have the pre spells now. So you get to play in that hero phase and you have a bunch of going on there, but there's a lot of variety of what's going on in there. Uh, so you can play Horty, you can play elite and, it, it's cool. So that's an easy one to get someone started in the game because everyone has that sort of grounding in fantasy right. movies with hordes, be it Lord of the Rings or uh, uh, Conan or whatever the case is going to be, the sword and sorcery type of thing. Sure. And so thank you, thank you for not saying Stormcast Eternals. Okay, well, well I'm going to throw this back over to you, Kevin. So, so lore in the background really is is an army that really should should suit you. You, you put that high on the list as far as like what, pretty much what you're saying, the lore in the background of the army, right? Yeah. Do you like playing the good guys or the bad guys? Yeah. What do you gravitate towards when you're playing your um, right. your video games, whatever the case is? Yeah. All right. Here's something that's cool about these guys. And because if you try to push them to an army and their play style's not that army, like if they're a smash mouth that wants to run up and hit people with a big hammer, all right, well, then you're not going to be playing yeah. um, your character and overlords. Then it's not really going to make you feel happy about things. Sure. But sure. if you like more sneaky and, and shoot and do more of that sort of uh, ambushy type thing, then you're going to choose a different uh, style of army. Right, That's what's right. cool about things like corn because corn has a bit of all of that in there. So, That's a great point. They do. And, you know, I, I guess we should have probably talked about lore and, and, and picking that stuff out first because, you know, for me, a big part of selecting a faction – 
uh, as I as I dig through the lore, background, and and feel for the army is really who and what they are. And, and you're right, you know. I, I, and, I, and it's funny. I'm going to ask you guys a question here in a minute, but um, if I find the lore to be lacking, let's just say. Uh, I will naturally lose the motivation to paint the army over time, play the army. And, and, and I, can, I can think of an army off the top of my head that, that um, I tried to play at one time, which uh, for me, it was a couple of reasons. I, I tried to get into Slanesh because uh, at the time I was playing Beastmen. And Beastmen were a very fast army. And I love my Beastie Boys. I love the Beasts of Chaos. I've been playing them since they were originally called Beasts of Chaos. And I got a great story about how I got into that. Um but I, I decided right off the bat that I didn't care for Slanesh and I was forcing the issue because I didn't really care for their lore. And then on top of it, you know, I, I you know, I'm a dad, four kids, and you know, some of their models are a little questionable. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disparaging anybody who wants to play them. But you know, you, you got, you got a bunch of lizard chicks out there with twelve tits, and you know, some family walks by the table with their kids and they sees that. That that could be a little crazy. That's just my opinion. Uh, okay. So I, I, I gravitated away from that. But I want to ask you guys a question because I'm going to share my quick a quick little statement here that I made. You know, I got into playing Beast of Chaos because I was at a game store and I was playing my, my high elves. And this is back in Rank and Flank. And if you guys can tell me a real quick one about maybe how you got into an army that, that you still play or something to that effect because of a goofy situation. Everyone in the store at the time was saying, Beast, Beastmen, Beast of Chaos, they're a terrible army. You'll never win with them. So because I'm just a, a hard-headed, you know, Irish guy, I said, all right, I'm going to take, I'm going to take that on as a challenge. So I went and I actually picked up the old, the, the, the battalion box when they first came out right before eighth edition launched the battalion box of the Beastmen. Yeah. And I put that whole thing together. I bought two of them, put the whole thing together and uh, decided that I was going to play them MSU. And, and I've been playing them ever since. And, and I love it. And I've won a ton of games. As a matter of fact, it was that army that that made me get rid of my high elves. But that was kind of how I got it. I mean, Kevin, do you have a story similar to that, like where where you got into an army that was kind of on like a maybe a, a challenge or a fluke that that you you really enjoyed? Like maybe something like spontaneous like that happened. Oh, hundred um, percent. My army back in the day, and that's when I first started that enamored because the story was so awesome. Was Tomb Kings. I loved my Tomb Kings. Yeah. Uh, putting those on the table. I love Cetra. I loved everything was going on with it and how they were kind of the anti-death death army because uh, of just the majestic uh, warrior sort of feel. It was great. Right. Yeah. Then we had, of course, the end times, and I'm still holding out Cetra will be back because we that last page of the, of the end times yeah. where you know he's still... He's coming said, back. He'll, he has to come back Yeah. for that, but Neither here nor I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed what what they. I liked Egyptian mythology. I liked everything that it was based on uh, for skinning it. Uh, so yeah, it, it was one. Is, I still have that army. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. That's a great. I mean, now do you ever get a chance to play it in AOS, even if like a bunch of friends just using like the legacy points and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Cool. 100%. Yeah, so I loved when they had the compendiums, that sort of thing. So we still have all those printed out uh, for it so we can play Legacy. Oh, yeah, I'm not playing as much right now because I think they're really doing very well with uh, the OCR Bone Reapers. I, oh, um, I'm, I'm not playing them yet. I do have them. Oh, okay. But I haven't really played them much on the table uh, at the moment. But I, I like the stories that's going on. I like the way that the, the realms work in Age of Sigmar. Because one of the challenges I always had with our old school Warhammer was 
um, how did we get, why are we fighting these guys on the other continent? Or why did they take a ship over here to fight me? The, 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 it was hard. Now we yeah. have that Morgan of Realm Gates sure. that allow you to have battles based on the idea that anyone can be anywhere at this yeah. point, which right. is so cool. Yeah, Justin, so, what about yeah. you, man? Real quick, I mean, anything like that? And any, any? I mean, you probably do. I mean, I think I think I can probably think of the army you're going to say, but but let's hear it. I got challenged to build a ultimate zombie walker list. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you played it. Yep, that's why I knew. That's why, that's why I knew that's where you were going with it. I knew that was going to be the army. But I had the 600 zombies on the table at yep. one point in time, and yeah. huge 50 man blocks with corpse carts and everything behind them, yeah. and. Everybody hated the RB because it, you just could never remove it. You know, in, in, in a way, in a small way, Justin, there's a part of me that still hates you for playing that army. Hey, it's coming back. I'm rebuilding oh, it. You're, no, don't do it. Um, I'm already doing it. We, we have a hard enough time keeping friends. Um, oh. But, <laughs> but good stuff. I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to be right back uh, with more on, uh, on on how to pick the best Age of Sigmar army for yourself uh, here in a minute. We'll be right back. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. We are back. We are going to get into um, more of the uh, the topic here on how to uh, how to build the uh, the perfect Warhammer Age of Sigmar army for for you. So let's let's kind of pick up where we left off before. I mean, you know, coming back to our topic uh, on how to how to pick the best Age of Sigmar army for you. Um, you know, a, a good start I would say is an army uh, to kind of shore everything up that we just talked about here, guys. In the first part of the the conversation is. A good start uh, is an army where you you like the look of the miniatures. Um, uh, you know, uh, are they are they you know easy to paint, put together? Is there a good story behind them? Uh, but if this does not align with with how you know uh, you know they they necessarily are on the tabletop, because we got to figure that out. But I think this I think it will in a way align with that of, as far as how the army will potentially play. Um, and if it doesn't, you're going to quickly lose ar- lose interest in that in that army. But Kevin, you said something in the break that I want to kind of bring back out. Or you said active listening. So I, I love that you brought that up as far as talking to somebody new or maybe somebody that's coming back into the hobby after a long hiatus, the active listening part. Kind of expand on that. That was a great point. Yeah, well, I think a lot of times when, we, when you ask someone for it, they're going to give you what they like in that right. sort of thing. 
they're not really listening to it or trying to figure out what you want. It's more, you got to play this because this is what I did with it last week against my buddy, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Uh, right. it, which they're still trying to be helpful and they're excited about the hobby. So no harm, no foul. But I think you have to actually listen, like listen to what they're saying and how they're reacting, what you're talking about in talking. So I start basic. So I say, okay, basically you have four different groupings of things. So you talk about order, you talk about death, you talk about uh, chaos and destruction, about these things that make up the world. You say about how you all these different realms and these realms are based on like this elemental magic and that sure. you can have these, this army in one realm and you can have that same type of army in another Realm, but they could look totally different. So if I'm if I'm talking to someone that seems to be perked up in the interest about hobbying, sure. Uh, so as someone that's creative and wants to do conversions, you talk to them that way. So, well, this one has a lot of variety for you to play in. If someone just wants something where they want to have this massive battlefield, right? Okay, this is the horde army you can play. Uh, that's really cool, and they have these different type of things going on it, like orcs or whatever the case may be uh, for that uh, skaven. Um, and then you can say, or if you want to try a little bit of everything, there's certain armies that are really good for that. So there's yeah. this book called Cities of Sigmar. And what this book has, it's about uh, some of the cities in these realms that would be populated. And you have all this different variety of units you can put together to make up uh, make up your army. Or right. Skaven, where you have all these different types of clans, and each clan plays differently than the other. Right. Uh, thing. And just see, listen to how they're reacting or what questions they're asking you, sure. and then help push them towards a direction that seems to fit what they're asking about. Yeah. You don't want to say, well, this unit is the killer unit that everyone uses because you get someone to start spamming things. You're going to get that uh, bitter Betty sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're absolutely right. Overlords where people uh, spent hundreds of extra dollars because they had to get this model that only appeared once in the box, but they wanted to have a all for a complete unit. And then that unit was no longer valid anymore, but they spent all that money and yep. got really upset, but yep. they were spamming. So the idea that just try and keep right because let them know the hobby does change. The story does change. So what's really awesome right now, the meta can change about. So don't chase the meta. Just get something balanced that you can react to whatever's getting on the table. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, and, and, and to kind of piggyback off what you were saying as far as active listening, you know, listening to that person and taking in what they're saying, you know, some some proactive advice that I think that you can throw to that, again, to that new player or that player that's coming in after being gone for a while. Um, hmm. You know, because I, I think I think I like what you just said there. A lot of times people try to push them towards their own opinions or their own type of play styles. And I think that I think maybe giving them the, the soft but yet enthusiastic approach, uh, like like explaining to them, you know, um, start out by watching uh, some battle reports on this or that particular army on YouTube. Or, you know, how about read a battle tome for the faction is a, is a good place to start. Or, you know, read through some of the threads on, on websites like TGA or something like that, that you can get people to... Uh, to kind of understand a little bit about um the the game because i know people that are coming back into age of sigmar now that left when age of sigmar first dropped you know back in the dark days when there was no points and all this other kind of craziness yeah. and they're going what the hell is this game how the heck do you play this thing and so you kind of have to they're enthusiastic so it's almost like it's almost like uh i get you like i'll give you an example being being a good irishman you know the, the bar business you know, the, the booze sells itself. You know, you don't have to sell the booze to anyone. You don't have to sell the beer, the wine, the, the whiskey. You don't have to sell any of that to anyone. It's the ambiance and, and the collective community in that bar that keeps the customers coming back. A lot yeah. of that, think of your local game store as a lot like that bar. You know, the models, if somebody's interested in Age of Sigmar or, or, or Warhammer in general, the models are going to sell themselves. That They're, they're going to be enticing enough. They're beautiful sculpts. 
but I think it's it's how they're you know, again, the most powerful part, that active listening. Are you somebody that's going to embrace them and say, hey, come on into this community. We're all really great people. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Take absolutely. it for a drive too. Don't buy everything right away. Because again, we have a bunch of people jumping in with Lumina that the Ohio's are back. And then they said, okay, so they put down money to buy three or four sets of it. And now they're having that buyer's remorse. Yeah, yeah. Justin, are you paying attention to this? I don't know. I'm not having buyer's remorse from it, but hey, you know, I, try things out. Don't don't go right. in. Grab some if you want to paint them. That's awesome. But mm -hmm. test it out first because unless you have a lot of disposable income, that could be something that could really make you salty towards towards this hobby. That'll hurt. Yeah, that'll hurt. That'll hurt. Yeah, you 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 put the player on the path, or you put the hobbyist on the path, and you let them make their own their own choices because mm -hmm. there's going to be many forks down that path. They're going to pull you in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, prime example is I'm jumping off the order train and going to death. Right. So I'm completely flipping the script on what my comfort zone is. Right. And that's just, you know, that's just where I'm at as a hobbyist right now. So, yeah. you know. And I think, I that, think, to, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's just what it is. You just, just put the person on the path and let them make the decisions. Yeah, but I think you got to be careful about what path you put them on, you know, and to kind of piggyback off of what you said earlier, Justin, and then, and then the, you know, the kind of the hit the two points that, that, that Kevin, you just made, you also got to think about how competitive the army needs to be in order to satisfy that person's gaming style. Um, I'm, I'm trying to tie together your, your three previous points, you know, Kevin, when you were talking about, you know, the complexity of the army and, and Justin, you talked about the, the model count and all that. I mean, you know, being able to, to compete on the table is really important. Don't get me wrong. Cause you know, there's, there's many definitions to that word compete. I get that. Yeah. I, I think folks right. are going to lose interest if they feel that they're fighting an uphill battle just to win a few games. And, and for those kinds of people, it's very important that the Army has a few builds that can, you know, realistically win in a, in a competitive setting or maybe even a competitive tournament. So I think that's another thing, too. And that, that ties also back into the active listening. You know, what kind of person are you talking to? I mean, in, in, uh, exactly. And, and, that's, and that's... for others, I get it. I get it. it it's, it's just important that they don't lose every game. You know, maybe they're a relaxed gamer. Um, and, and if you if you pick something with, with an updated battle tome, like I was saying, uh, you're gonna you're sure that the faction um, can at least compete at a casual level and for a, a long while. You know, so that's you know, I, th I think that's well, another piece. That's another part of the road you were talking about of putting those gamers on. Right, and that depends on the camp they're coming from. If they're a casual gamer or somebody who's looking into get into competitive play or things like that. But if they're brand new to the hobby and they've never seen it before, you know, it's better to start them off as casual and ease them into the competitive side yeah. versus somebody who's coming back into the hobby who's been out of it for a couple of years that kind of has an idea what the game's about, but not where the current status of the game is. Yeah. So that's, the, that's what I was saying, put them on the path. I meant put them on the path based upon which camp they're coming out of. No, and, and I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, you know, Kevin, what about some other things? What are some other things to consider when, when you're, you're helping somebody figuring what is the best fit or best army for them to get into and play? I mean, what are, what are some other things you would, you would say to consider? Uh, what does your buddies play? So if someone's coming into the store and that because, yeah, my friends are playing this thing, I'm thinking about getting into it too. Because our... Sigmar and that, it's not chess, all right? It's never going to be chess. It's never going to be, quote-unquote, balanced. We're always going to be uh, chasing that tiger's tail when it comes to that sort of thing. True. So 
they're find out what their buddies are playing. Okay, cool. So here's an army that's good to play against. It would be a fun game. You don't want something that's going to piss off his buddies uh, or her buddies uh, for what's going on. But you also want to make sure you get something that it's not going to just totally suck because you have nothing you can do against it. Also, sure. Uh, so find out what that's another question. Okay, well, if your your buddy plays this army, here's some good matchups for it that will be a, a good slobber knocker that's going to go back and forth. Uh, for it, so that's that's another question. I, again, I think it just depends on uh, on the nature of the person because it could be someone that has to win. If someone has to win on that game sort of thing, that's not where I come from to the game itself. Right. Uh, that's why the only tournaments I normally play in are doubles because I find that people yeah. are a lot more uh, laid back that way. We do well in doubles; like we have a pretty good track record, but it's not as important and you don't get that uh cutthroat like i won't play 40k tournaments oh yeah and nothing 40k i love the fluff love the models love the, love the people who are playing i'm guilty as charged myself but i can't i can't go to a tournament because i'll just get pissed off and i'll and uh, i'll get snarky yeah because i can't handle that type of attitude right uh, yeah. i want to have a good game i want to make sure there's a give and take going on in it uh, so you have to figure out where their, their mindset's coming from. Yeah. yeah. If you want that, then you tell them what the latest meta thing is going to be. Okay. Here's what really is working well currently. Sure. It changed, right. but again, you have to know who you're talking to. Yeah. There's no, there's no one click answer to this. I, I take it no. a lot like, um, for people that make video games, if they play Skyrim, how you build your characters, the questions you answer, and how you get the things going on for your character uh, class in that game. Great tie-in. Those are the those same type of choices that you should be making when building an army. Right. So I want to be the good guys or the bad guys. Because some people get bothered if they're playing someone that is evil or perceived as evil in, in the game. That might be a turnoff for them. Sure. Maybe they have to play the White Knight Paladins. Uh, and then the next thing is, yeah, so all right, now do you want to be someone that's going to be the supporting character? So you want to do more range type of things in Skyrim? So, okay, so you want to do something that's more shooting uh, and figure these things out. Do you like things that are, do you, if you're a painter, do you like painting a lot of skin or do you want to play, play, uh, paint a lot of more metallics that sort Armor, of Armor, yeah, right. Exactly. Those are the type of things that you have to ask and figure it out. There's a lot of questions you can ask, but also get them to feel more comfortable so they start asking themselves the same question because – you can't tell someone what to do, or else you no. should. Well, yeah, I think that's the mistake I see a lot of people make. But, Justin, what about you, man? Any any other things to consider in the conversation here? Oh, no. I mean, it's everything that we're saying is, you know, basic. That's the, the way it goes. Gamers are fickle in a little bit of sense is that we have our own mindsets as to how we want the world to. We can be stubborn. Yeah. Right. We can be stubborn. We we have we, we have a way of how we look at the, at the game and how we look at the world. Sure. In the in, in the game. So we build our armies either through painting, through conversion, through collection, through faction. All that stuff is based on the personality of the person that's coming in there. And all you can do to really get anybody fired up about what they're doing is you gotta right. make it personal with them. You gotta hit you gotta hit the notes on the head that say, Hey, this army that lights that fire in, in my belly and says, Hey, I'm gonna go full bore with this army and if it doesn't then maybe it's not the right army for you, you know, and then you move on. Yeah, but I mean, th those are things you're going to have to consider for sure. Yeah. But but the draw of this game is that it's ever-changing. It's ever-evolving. There's always something new that's coming around the bend that can either make your army, make or break your army. And 
if you're gonna love the hobby, you love all aspects of the hobby. But that's on you. It's not it's not something that can be directed by your best friend or your neighbor. Yeah, you can you can set yourselves up to have the best games and best storyline in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it has to come down to the soul of the person that's building and painting that army. Yeah, and I think that's true. Well, yeah. And you know what? The other thing that I, that I was going to bring up that I always consider when I'm talking to somebody, again, that's either coming into the hobby or coming into the hobby after a long, you know, stay away, a hiatus, if you will, is um, I'll, I'll ask that person, how often are you realistically, do you realistically see yourself playing? That's a great you know, question. Uh, if, if, if you don't play a lot, you know, all the, the gaming stuff is really less important, you know, when you get into the tactics and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, it, it's just one of those, you know, the, the, a guy um, at our local game store picked up a um, Eidneth Deepkin uh, Get Started box. We, we got talking about it, and he's painted it up beautifully. He has no intentions of playing it at all, but I got to tell you, his, his painting could, could win awards. Nice. But uh, the, the fact is, is that's a question that I often try to ask him, you know, how, how, cause this is a, this is a commitment. It's a hobby. It's like golf. It's like tennis. Right. It's like bowling. It's, I always call this a hort or, or a, or a spobby, you know, a sport that meets a hobby and you combine them, a hort or a spobby. You're going to have to put time in to be good at it. And you ask somebody, well, what is their intentions? How often are you going to play? And, and it's like we briefly mentioned before. I mean, if, if, if you're new or hate painting, like I'm a terrible painter, but I do it because it's a challenge for me. Um, something with big minis, I also will re-remind them, could, could, could quickly help you out, not only be a, a understand the mechanics, less to move around, but better to you know help you paint on, on big minis. Um, yeah. Maybe you'd steer them towards you know ogre moth tribes or trogoths, but I think at the end of the day, I think to get them realizing what they're getting themselves into is by asking them that simple question: How often do you intend to play? Yeah. Right. You know. Well, so, I mean, a, a good a good example for that is when you're saying how often you expect to play. Maybe maybe the full AOS game is not for them. Maybe Warcry is a better suit because yeah. there's two armies in the box and they can play that with their sister, brother, mother, father, or whatever at home. You know, right. if, if that's the case or, you know, something like Necromunda or any of the other games that are in a box, kind of like, you know, like you pull out a box of Monopoly. Hey, you pull out the box for Warcry, you sit down and you play it with your with your kid brother for the night and that that gets your your hobby in. So, to sure. Speak. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's the direction you would, you would say, hey, let's look at Warcry because maybe that's that's more. I know you think this the, the grander scale. Maybe this is where you should start and, and then move up, you know, Good or. Deal whatever all right well good stuff that i mean and, and and folks that was kevin's idea uh as far as the topic and, and kevin bravo man that was a great conversation uh, and you know we could really probably go on with that for another another few hours but um but you know kevin good stuff man and i love having you on the show but i tell you what we are going to have to roll over a uh a, another uh another part of the show here because we're, we're heading towards the question of the day but folks before we get there before we get to the question of the day uh, what we do have coming up is, is Kevin from Six Squared Studios is going to be r revealing the winner of the Six Squared Studios castle. Um, that was a raffle. Uh, it'd be a raffle prize winner for the Montfort Point Marines that just came off of this past Armed Forces Day 3. Uh, on August 8th and 9th, and Kevin's going to be picking the winner here on Grimdark Live. Uh, but here's another thing, folks. Here's another thing I want to remind everyone that we talked about at the top of the show um, and, and something else for tonight's show. In the show notes below, here and, and do this right now, either here in the show or the podcast, leave a comment on why Six Squared Studios is the best company to get your terrain from. And the best winner is going to get 
two of these awesome six squared studios objective holders and 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 measuring gauges and you're going to get a pair of official grimdark live dice and um so 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 do that the, whoever leaves the best comment in the show notes here on youtube or the, the uh, on, on podcast on our podbean whoever can do that will win those additional prizes here uh from from grimdark live just because six squared studios is an awesome awesome company so definitely uh definitely do that but we are going to be uh we're going to be right back because we're going to be coming back with a question of the day be right back Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. We are back here, gang. We are going to get into the question of the day, and uh, we're going to throw the question to our guest, uh, Kevin. He's going to uh, he's going to help us answer this one first. So, Kevin, here it is, man. Here's the question of the day on, on Grimdark Live. What army in Warhammer army, fantasy army, let's just say, or or any Warhammer army that you once owned that you had to sell or get rid of? Do you wish you still had, and and why? Yeah, this is an easy one for me. So I haven't sold one of my miniatures for, well, pretty close to 20, 20 years now. Okay. I, I used to sell because of what happened. So back when I was in university, uh, I, I was playing Warhammer since I was a kid. So I found it when um, at a local uh, computer store at the time uh and uh fell in love with it so it was when they were still just doing civil miniatures so you had all the wacky orcs and all that sort of thing going on really good character stuff yeah so one of the games i loved back in the day was a game called man of war uh, oh yeah there was a naval, yep. a naval battle thing and i loved it my friends and i played the heck out of it i had every single model everything painted and then i sold it because uh, I wasn't playing it. I was out of the hobby for a couple of years and got rid of it. And that's the biggest regret. And that's why I don't sell anything anymore. It just sits there. I hoard it. Uh, I'll be buried with it. Uh, all the stuff is being kept now because I don't want to feel that regret again. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I really do. It, it just kills me. It still makes me verklempt here. Uh, thinking of all that stuff and how that game and... and I always think oh, I'll go and try to uh, recapture that. Hoping Dreadfleet was going to be that. Oh yeah, yeah. They were nice models, but it wasn't the game. Sure. And yeah, so that that's my that's my biggest regret. My biggest regret. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say that uh, we all have those. Justin, what about you, man? What uh, 
question of the day what what warhammer army or or you know army did did you have that you once owned that you had to sell or get rid of uh do you wish you you still had and, and why well my and it just did it didn't fit the the constant moves and the time frames and all the other stuff that i had and it had to go the way of the dodo unfortunately and I, if i could get it back i would but i'm thinking about rebuilding it but this time i'll probably do it with fireforge uh northern alliance models just sure. because they're, they're a little bit cleaner and crisper so okay but yeah that would be where i'd be it's my bretonians i miss them yeah yeah for me you know what it's funny it's it's my high elves um my uh it was it was the first army i ever had in in the uh in the hobby and and um i had a great lothern themed type of army you know uh lothern sea guard uh high elf uh, repeater bolt throwers i i i just i really built the thing up and 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 did very well with it as a matter of fact you want to know the truth and it was one of those situations where I was trying to quote unquote make that hobby space. You know, you always hear that I'm I'm trying to make more hobby room. And and you know the sad part about it was is yeah, it, it led me into playing Beasts of Chaos and I still play that army today. Probably my favorite army that I currently own are my Beastie Boys. But if I honestly looked at all the other armies that I currently have, you know, my Ogre Maw tribes, my squigs, my Trogoths, my, you know, all my um my my, my Cities of Sigmar army, all these different armies you know, I often wonder, I could get rid of any one of those other armies, you know, obviously minus my beast of chaos, and I, I wouldn't regret it probably for a moment. But there's something alluring about that old high elf army, the way that I had them painted and on their squares and the rank and flank and how that army looked and, and, and played was just was just awesome. And it's funny because I found that because of the rage of other gaming systems like Kings of War and all these other rank and flank type games, you can't find those models anymore. The old High Elf, you know, Lothurn Seaguard, the way that, you know, they were different than the, the Spearmen. And I had the actual, the actual sculpted Seaguard with the seaweed or whatever banners hanging off their spears. And um, it was a beautiful army. And uh, I, I, I sold it. Um, and uh, I, al- I often wonder if I could ever get that army back. So if the guy that bought it from me is listening to the show tonight, get a hold of me, man. I want to talk to you. We got we to talk again. Um, but, yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my regret. Wait a minute. What the hell is that? What's going on? And now it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell. Yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the rules from hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang. The Warhammer rule from hell. Let's face it. Sometimes we, the players, are the hell to the rules. So listen up here, you short-pants little demons. We're pointing our fingers right back at you for getting those rules wrong and making these rules hell on the tabletop. Battleshock Bravery Modifiers. This one I see messed up quite often. You see, you can add plus one to your bravery for every ten models in the unit at the time of the Battleshock test. I constantly see this rule missed entirely, or they go by how many models were in the unit at the start of the turn. That's also a no-no. This was definitely a rule from hell. 
now you know a rule from hell. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. But folks, here we are. We're getting into the uh, what would normally be the closing thoughts on the show, but we're not going to do that, no, because uh, we've got uh, we got Kevin Jacoby that's going to be picking the winner for the raffle of the castle, and you guys can kind of see it behind him there. That big, beautiful piece of terrain that's going to be uh, shipped to the winner of the of the raffle from Armed Forces Day 3 that went to support the Montford Point Marine Association Chapter 2. It's the largest African-American Marine Corps association in the country, and they call their home here uh, in Chicago. And, and they've lately had some financial problems, and, and we've been trying to support them to see that that... Uh, um, doesn't happen anymore so kevin and his awesome generosity and six squared studios being the awesome company that they are has uh has pledged to donate this castle so we our closing thoughts is going to be kevin rolling a d6 for the winner of the uh of the castle and, and folks once 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 he announces who the winner is uh contact me and we'll get all of your address and credentials or, or you know you know out to kevin so that you can get it shipped directly to you does that sound like a plan Sounds good. Sorry to interrupt, but you may have to put that in the post. It looks like we're having some audio issues coming out of Kevin's side, according to uh, Necessary Poro and a couple other. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll take care of that. I, I didn't pick up any audio stuff, but thanks for thanks for everybody telling us that. All right, so here it is, the uh, the the drum roll, please. We're going to be uh, picking the uh, the winner of the castle. Kevin, take it away, bud. What we're going to get for this castle? So we're going to get our small castle set here, which is. Uh, Three of uh, the castle walls. So this one here, I've already started painting up my own uh, table here. You're going to get four of the corner pieces, which I just finished. When I just finished up here. So this is the piece. It was a modular tower that's going on. Oh, there we go. Modular tower. Uh, so you can play that. You can use it in role-playing games, whatever the case is going to be. And of course, then you're going to get the castle gate, which has uh, working pieces to it as well. So everything comes up and down protocols and things like that okay all right so that's all going out to them so they'll get the, the whole set there for themselves so, yeah. so just to kind of repeat that in case there was some more audio trouble uh so it's going to be the actual castle itself the the, the tower walls and uh and and the uh the what was the other part say that one part again just in case there yeah was... you're going to get the main gate you're going to get three of the, the large wall section and four of the towers so you can make yourself a little fort or a, a castle keep uh, you'll have all that's included in uh, in the, the prize. So who's going to win it here? Okay. All right. That sounds that sounds great. So uh, so here it is, uh, Kevin. Let's 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 roll that d6 and find out who the winner is going to be. All right. So the d6 roll is a six. So that would be the third person on the list, right? Yeah. So so read that name off. Ah, uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Where's my book? <laughs> I don't know if I have it here. I know there were three of them. Yep. So, who was it? So the, the third person on the list uh, Listen, was my email. <laughs> who is it? Let me let me grab it. I, I'll send I'll send it to you in the email that, uh, that that I sent out as well. Oh, I have it. I have it. Okay. It, it, uh, Sean Soiree. Sean Soiree. All right, man. You are the winner of the uh, the the Six Squared Studios Castle. Nice. 
Congratulations, Sean. So we'll send that out to you. Uh, I'm not sure I'll have the instruction book done, but if not, I'm going to give you my email address in the package too, and we can build it together on uh, Zoom or Skype or whatever your things of choice uh, to make sure you got, get it put together properly. Very cool. So. And, you know, and this is something too that um, if folks wanted to actually uh, – uh, purchase or i mean have this for for themselves they they, they, could, they could purchase this from six squared studios if they wanted to yeah so what's going to be happening now so now we have the, the the basic castle set done now is each individual piece will be available for sale we're going to have uh the keep set which is the four towers three walls and the gate will be a package we'll give you a gets a discount and then we're gonna have the uh, large castle set which is huge so it's the 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 uh the gate plus two half walls and then six of the main uh, the large walls and then the four towers again so it's almost a meter by a meter that uh, is too cool wow. and put your stuff on the top it it should be some fun times for whoever uh, wants that so, well yeah. i know that i'm interested in picking up picking one up from you so i'll, I'll definitely be uh be, be talking to you about that for sure sure yep, you'll be you'll be getting an order for me for one as well sounds yeah. good Good stuff. Well, Sean Sorry, congratulations, man. You are the winner of the uh, of the of the Six Squared Studios Castle. There you go, man. I guess I'm going to have to put it that way. And you know, and I and, and you know, we'll, we'll most likely be able to get that on a uh, battle report. So that'll be uh, that'll be pretty exciting, and, and we'll definitely um, make sure that the world knows that that came from Six Squared Studios. But I definitely want to get information on on getting one of those uh, for for myself. Yep, they'll be up on um, our website in the next couple of weeks. I even, like I said, this is the first time people are seeing the actual tower because it just got finished up the other day. Uh, so we'll put some stuff on our Facebook page for Six Squared. And then uh, once we get the uh, the packaging done for it, it should be in a week or two, we'll be up for sale. Okay, that, that sounds uh, that sounds absolutely great. Well, uh, that's it, folks. Uh, this is we're coming to the end of the show. Another great show, and and uh, and that's a wrap. And and uh, please don't forget to hit the uh, the like button or the subscribe button, and 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 follow our podcast. And if you haven't already done so, and if you don't, here's what's going to happen. Kevin's going to come all the way down from from Canada, and uh, he's not going he's going to use your bathroom and not flush the toilet. So I just want to let you know that. So you're going to want to hit the subscribe button. You want to do that. So, you know, you, you, you just, you don't, you don't, you don't get Kevin upset. You know, that's, you know, something we <laughs> you don't want to get him mad at us. But, oh, but, <laughs> but folks, thank you all so much for, um, for, for being part of the show tonight. And, and Kevin, honestly, any, 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 any closing part uh, on the show and, and, and thank you so much for being with us, but anything you'd like to say before we, uh, before we wrap up? No, just, uh, be kind to your friends. Have some good games out there, and uh, here's just getting back to uh, more successful tournaments and events like that you just had. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much, and, and Kevin, thank you so much for for being part of the show. All right, yeah, guys. Well, thank you. And and, thank you. and hey, forget it. Remember this, guys. When you're out there, don't be a freaking short pants. Talk to you. Night. Night. Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast.
Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Moondark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants?